welcome to another episode of Grumpy Old Game Man and Their Dogs. It is episode 60, day 313 here in the Zen Room. My name is Patrick Finn. I am here with the antiquarian Tommy Gibbons. Hey, bitches. How are you, Tommy? What happened to the sound in last week's episode? Yeah, there was a problem with the mic. We When we set the mic up, we must have hit a button or something. When you say we, you mean... Well, me. I'm speaking in the royal we, because I am a big queen. Okay. And uh, when I set the mic up, I must have hit a button... So it wasn't capturing all the sound in the room equally. Okay. Yeah. So that's what happened. The sound effects were. They, you could hear them very, very low. Uh, yeah. That was about it. Yeah. So I apologize. That was all my fault. Mia culpa. That was bad. That yes. Was, yeah. I know. But nothing we can do about it. You know. Sometimes shit happens. Shit happens. Exactly. Technology. Exactly. All right. So what's new with you, Tommy? Nothing is new with me. No. Nothing is new at all. No. Same old, same old, carrying on above ground. Well, I know the theater at the theater you were working at, the show closed, uh, Augusto yes, Osage County. That show closed, Augusto Osage County. It was a huge hit. It was a huge hit for the theater, for Marion. Good. It was a huge Marion Waller, that yeah, is. Marion Waller, who directed it. She was a little stunned and awed by the reception that it received. And um, It's a great play. It's and a great play. She had a great cast for it. She really she did. She did, and she did a beautiful job blocking it out because yeah. it's built. It's the it's a story told over three three separate floors in a house. Yeah, and, and a, despite the, the the physical limitations of the theater, she was able to pull it off. You didn't miss yeah, those spaces, the, those levels being there. The intent you know? was clear. You understood it. Yeah. So you didn't need it to be played in front of you exactly. Right. Because she was able to 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 figure out a way to make it work on a very small stage. Yeah. Yeah. Relatively speaking it is a, you know for that kind of a production it is a small stage it is and she did a great job they, did, yeah. they all did a great job they it really was, did it was well done uh, that ended yep. and now there is a dark week with a rental that I may or may not be working it's a, it's a they have on the dark weekends okay you know the theater sits empty for the whole fucking week mm-hmm. so what what can we throw in is there a band is there you know somebody yeah. who's looking for a play so they have a medium, a psychic oh, cool. medium okay. coming in on Saturday. And like I say, I don't know. And then the following week the shit hits the fan and it's it's <laughs> like every theater at Christmas time. Yeah, yeah. I know, we know what that's like. It's just nonstop. I'll, I'll be participating in some of that nonstop, as well. All the time. Yeah, and people happy because it's the holidays. Yep. So David and I, David, David, Dubin. David Dubin, who I work for, has, uh, it's it's his, it's his theater that I work in. And it's supposed to be a very small sort of hippie, uh, it was intended to be that sort of off-off-Broadway type right. house. Now yes. it's the big boy on the street. Okay. Okay, because he's got the he's got the building and he's got all the space. Exactly. And, okay, and, and, and it's this beautiful place. And so my relationship with him so far has I like David very much. I've said this to you many times. Yes. Um, we decide what kind of music we're going to play in the lobby before and during intermission. Right. That's what I usually do for my shows when I'm directing. It has become the decision. So I ask him, David, what kind of music do you want to play? And he throws out it was what's his what was the guy's name uh because he was in the play we played all his music he was in he was mentioned in august osage county shit i can't remember his name i can't remember now either uh it's a bob dylan type personality but it's not shit. bob dylan it's not tom waits no it's a guitarist i th- i think it's a guitarist it's and then i so so anyway we, we played that music okay okay exclusively his music yeah and Chuck Clapton, Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton, okay. So we played exclusively his, and I didn't know a lot of it was his. Okay. Got to be perfectly honest. 
Now I'm thinking, see, David's done now. So so David's main stage season is done. He's got pretty much a month off. He'll be back and forth, but he's not like, there's no pressure on him for the next month. Yeah. It's all, and it's going to be Christmas music. He's not going to care what I play because he's not going to be there. And like I can pick Charles Dickens Christmas music. Or you can pick contemporary Christmas I, music. Well, uh, we're do, uh, according to, to like the th- like you would k- keep in the theme of the place. So well, this would you're be doing like Scrooge, right? Scrooge. So right. it would so be that go Victorian, more towards, yeah, yeah, the 19th century Christmas music. Yeah, yeah. And then there's Frosty and his puppet pals. So what I'm saying is that th- that that's the kind of thing that um, that we sort of waste our time. That's cool. I love that. Like when I'm directing a show, the first when I know I'm directing the show, the very thing, the very first thing I work on is picking out the music for the show, both for the show itself, the pre-show music, if there's intermission music, right. the ending. That's the first thing I always work on. So I think I think music is important for. Setting the stage, so to speak, it yes. really is, and getting people in the proper mood. Yes, I don't disagree. I do hate pre-show music at a musical. I don't think that's necessary. Lobby music is one thing. Yeah, if there's something piped in. Yep. Quietly. Yeah, but for a musical, you really don't a need musical, a play. Is a different story. Uh, yeah, I agree. A so, musical, the music is setting that, everything. That's you the know? point. Don't put competitive music on. Don't put any other music yeah, on. The exactly. focus of the night is this music. Right. So do not play other music. I, like I said, unless it's that, like, at the box office, right if you inside to, the Yeah, play, like, some something classical, you know, no one quietly, knows. Or, quietly. Yeah. Exactly. 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 Yeah. Uh, yeah, so so that's... I don't know why we're talking about this. Because we were talking about what was going on with you. Oh, and the show yeah. Closing. We got to, uh, yeah, the sound in the lobby. Yeah. And thrilling, my show, no? and, you're very thrilling. Thrilling. <laughs> yeah. And my show, The Weir, closed this weekend as well. It, that was supposed to be a very nice house you closed to. Yeah, we had, but we had a sold out house on the second to last night. Oh, was it the Sunday? No, it wasn't oh, the closing. It was the, oh, Saturday. We closed on Saturday. Closed on Saturday. But we had, you know, fairly full houses for each show. Better than they've had for other shows. It got a good response. Yes, very good response. Yes, I had I had actual Irish people come to see the show and who told me afterwards they felt like they were back in Ireland. That's crazy. And that's like the highest compliment well, you, yeah. I can take you about a show, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that was great to hear. And I I got blessed with a great cast. And yeah. the theater, South Shore Theater Experience, was so supportive. She's adorable. Of me. Debbie Cassio uh, Plesia. Yeah. yeah. She's great. Yeah. Right? She's full energy. Um, yeah. It was great. It was a good weekend. Yeah. It really was. Good weekend. All right. So, should we move on now to our very first you know what segment? It is? It's Wednesday. So, the weekend already seems like. Like far away. Exactly. I know. We're it's in the like middle collected, of that yeah. drudgery of the week. I'm not bringing up that sort of. If there was anything to feel of the weekend, I'm not bringing <laughs> it up on a Wednesday. Has anything else new happened to you during the week since the weekend? Yeah, but I'm not telling you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fine. Be like that. What's next? We're going to move on to the very first segment of the evening. Yes, it's time for a little heavy petting. And I had a hard time finding a news story about dogs (laughs) because, again, all the stories are about people getting attacked by dogs. That's all I can find. But then, being that most of the stories that we're going to be talking about this week have to do with politics and the election, it's election day. I found a dog story related to politics. Okay, that's excellent. But not in the United States. Doesn't matter. This was in South Korea. Dogs have no borders. <laughs> well, it appears that back in 2018, the North Korean leader, Kim Jong-un, had met with the South Korean president at the time, Moon Jae-in. Okay. 
And as a gesture, because they were having peace talks at the time, and as a goodwill gesture, he presented these two what they called Pungsan hunting dogs. Okay. As a gift to the president. You want to see a picture of them? Why? Why not? They're beautiful dogs. Why do you ask that question? And in fact, these are the two dogs that were given. Those are the the very two. Yep. Beautiful dogs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gorgeous dogs. Bigger than I thought they were going to be. Yeah. Uh, More wolfy. Not like, right. They're not at all wolfy, but they're a big fucking dog. It's yeah. like a German Shepherd side dog. They really are. They're white, beautiful white coat, big full tail. Right. All right. So what's what, what's the deal with these two? Well, anyway, the dogs have lived with the former president ever since they were given to him, even after he left office. Even though formally they're considered the property the gift of, of the South state. Korea. Right. Yeah. But he's taken them, and I guess the current president raised an issue about his ownership of it. So the former president and said, fine, I'll just turn them over to the presidential archives. They can take care of the dogs. <laughs> but it seems now the, the the Ministry of the Interior and Safety confirmed now that the government was in talks with the former president, and they're, they're discussing providing a monthly subsidy of basically $1,800 a month for the care of the dogs. Okay. So that was the story about... The Peng, the, I'm sorry, Peng San hunting dogs. Peng San. Yeah, they look like a hunting dog. Right? Yeah, they, they do. do. They're, really, they're beautiful dogs. All right, so first of all, what did you learn? Never give anybody an animal as a gift. <laughs> there is too much research. You can do it if you check with roommates, you check with doctors, yes. you check with people. You know, you got to people who, it, do you think, uh, could uh, should I do, uh, uh, you don't give Gifts as animals. Well, you gifts. wouldn't give a gift like outside of your immediate family. Like if you're a parent, you're gonna get one for your kid, yeah, you know, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Husband getting one for the wife. But outside of that circle, yeah. no, you okay. shouldn't. It's bad. And I understand that this is uh, uh, they they're probably a dog that represents something to the uh, Korean people in general, or maybe. Why is that? Just Koreans. the whole idea of of giving the dogs is always it's been a traditional goodwill gesture in South and North Korea. Oh, specifically the dogs? Not those dogs specifically. Other dog, other types of dog has have been given in the past. Or is it just that they, it's traditional to exchange gifts? I guess it's probably traditional to exchange gift, but being that these were peace talks, the dogs are consum- are considered like a thimble, a, a symbol of the thawing of tensions between North and South Korea. The hunting dog. Yes. Is a symbol of the thawing Well, of the I think the dogs in general. Whatever dogs are... I, I'm just, okay. Other dogs have been given in the past. I don't okay. think they were necessarily the same thing as the Pung San hunting dog. All right. So if they gave him a poodle... Yes, that, that, that seems unlikely. They probably <laughs> give a dog native to the area, yeah. I would think. <laughs> All right. So that was that story. Okay. So now we're going to move on to our Dictionary of Dogs, our Compendium of Canines... You know what? You can stop now with the stories about the dogs. Why? Because because for the past six weeks, you've said the same thing. I had a very hard time finding a story. Well, it's been dogs. true. Because they're all about being people attacking. Yes. Uh, them, them attacking. Okay. So you can stop. Why? I understand. You, you want to get to the compendium of canines. No. I'm just saying it's been really hard finding stories lately about dogs. Yeah. Usually I can find a multitude... 
And like the past couple of weeks, it's all been about dog attacks. You know, it's funny. I haven't been able to have, I haven't been able to find decaffeinated coffee in either restaurant depot. So I understand when there's a shortage of something. Do you think there's a correlation between no, the not at all. decrease in decaffeinated no. coffee and the lack of stories other than dog mauling attacks? Why would you even think that? that well, you brought ridiculous. it up. <laughs> I'm, what I'm saying is that I can make a comparison <coughs> that I understand about the scarcity of resources. I Ah, I see. So we are at what now, F? No, we're at the letter I. <laughs> you keep thinking that we're skipping letters, and I we're do. not. I'm, I'm suspicious. Last I, week, we I. did the Halifor's L-Count, remember? Uh, no. Of do course we, you does don't. Does it look like I remember? No, probably no, not. I don't. So this week, we're letter to the other I. Okay, the I. Hold on, let me, let me, let me come up with an I dog. Uh, you will come Wolfhound. up with this one. I know Irish that. Wolfhound. Yep, but it's not this dog. It's not this one? Nope. Uh, Irish Setter uh, had the same color hair I had. Um, oh, uh, now the pressure's on. Irish Bulldog, Irish... Nope, nope, you know, nope, nope. Italian nope. Greyhound. Nope, nope, nope. Um, yep, I said, you're not going to get this one. Uh, I'm not going to get this no. one? No, then don't even, don't touch me. <laughs> this one is called the Ibizon Hound. There's a picture oh. of it. You you definitely have a type. I have a type? Yeah. I'm just going in the order that... And you're looking for the most obscure dog you can possibly well, find. No, this is the first named letter I dog, so this is what I went with. Okay. It's a you know beautiful dog, as you it's can see. It's a beautiful see. dog. It's very uh, lively looking. Yep. They originate from the island of Ibiza, Spain. Spain, that's right. Uh, in the case that it was formed uh, from other hound breeds. That it looked like a hound, but tall. Yes, yes. It's like it's considered graceful in appearance, has good bone girth, and it's has a it's known as a rugged and hardy breed, Can despite its slender shape. Bone girth. Bone girth? You yes. like that phrase? I do. Bone like girth. Bone girth. <laughs> it has good bone girth. Girl, you gotta see the but the dog can grow from 22 to 29 inches tall and can weigh from 45 to 65 pounds. Yeah, that's a big dog. It's trademark, of course, or it's large, upright ears. Well, that's not really a big dog. That's like a standard dog dog. Yeah, it is, but it's a, it's a it's a hound type dog. It's a hound, which are usually much smaller. Yes, I'm thinking basset hounds, bloodhounds. Yeah, this hound. is very different from those kind of hounds. Uh, yeah, yeah, a wolf this, hound. Almost, this almost looks like a racing dog. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, much more like that. The, right. Everything is very alert and very. Uh, yeah, you have anything of it covered in mud or something fun or that's no? That's a, all in good pictures of official it. AKC portrait. But these dogs are considered to be known for their problem-solving abilities. Uh-oh. They are able to uh, escape from crates and no, cages. you don't want this bitch in your house. They are also known to jump great heights from a standstill no. position. <laughs> no. So if you owned one, you're going to get a really high fence for this. Yeah. Four-foot fence ain't going to do. Uh, yeah. Okay, so, so Louie. <laughs> Louie is this. Louie Louis Louis is a cavapoo. Okay. okay, so he's a Cavalier, Charles, Camry, Spaniel, the whatever. He's a Spaniel and a Poodle mix. And the fucker, I swear to God, he uses tools. Like, okay, so I use a, I, I, I have a Kong for him that I stuff with his treats. Okay. And that's how I leave him when I leave for the day. Mm-hmm. Okay? And my sister's usually home within the next couple of hours, so so the dog is perfectly fine and has been doing this for, forever. Well, the motherfucker doesn't always get all the treats out the cock. But he has learned that if he drops the Kong down the stairs, sometimes the treat will pop out on the way down. <laughs> 
So he's using the staircase as a tool. Okay. okay. All right. So the motherfucker is resourceful. He can think. He can plan. Okay. <laughs> there are videos of him. I took videos of him jumping. I am a person whose dog has a Instagram account. Now, okay. I know I'm going to sound pathetic, but <laughs> mine's not obnoxious. They're all obnoxious. By nature, a dog having an Instagram account is obnoxious. Uh, mine is not obnoxious, but it's Louis, and I have uh, uh, videos of him jumping. I have hundreds of videos of this motherfucker jumping from the time he was a puppy to, like, over the four-foot fence. Yeah. So I understand what living with that kind of energy is. Right. And also, this dog cannot be trusted to be off leash because it has a strong prey drive. Uh, uh. Uh, once it's off the leash, it may not come back for hours or days at a time. That's a hound. Yeah, that's exactly if it. If they catch a sniff, it, they're going to follow It's going to follow it to the end. Oh, it's quick. Yeah, these, are, these are known as stubborn and independent dogs. Yeah. But they're also known as clowns who enjoy entertaining, yeah. entertaining people yeah, with their yeah. antics. They're going to be silly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they were originally bred to hunt rabbit and small game. The females are actually the better hunters of, of the... Uh, Male and speak females. Uh, okay. And they also make good watchdogs, and they say they do make good house pets, but require a lot of activity and exercise. Yes. <laughs> now, you look at that dog, and everything you say makes sense. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, you yeah. look at Louie. Look at that. Yeah. You look at Louie. You would never think that. He's a dust mop. I know, right? Yeah, he's a walking dust mop. <laughs> he just got a haircut. <laughs> it's crazy. The dog is crazy. Well, anyway, that's it for now. Him. He don't jump so much because he doesn't like to jump on the kitchen floor. Okay, and we of course don't have him jumping on the carpet. So, so like he he doesn't get to jump like that kind of craziness. That yeah, he to do. yeah. It's because he doesn't. It's, the floor is slippery. Okay, so he won't do it. <laughs> He'll go around the other way to he come into the room. Better. He knows yeah. better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, we now move on to our next segment. Happy birthday. Many happy returns. A very happy birthday. That sounded good here live. We'll see how it sounds Friday morning. I'm sure. Anyway, we only have one birthday today. Oh, good. It's a living person. Oh, good. And it's a lesbian. Oh, good. She was born November 9th, 1947 in Buffalo to a large Catholic family. After graduating from Colgate University, she was an English teacher for eight years before deciding to pursue a comedy career. She began her career in 1981, her material primarily consisting of her lesbianism, Catholicism, and the politics of the day. She has released eight albums and two DVDs. She has lived in New York City and Provincetown with her partner, Urvashi Vade, uh, who was the executive director of the National Gay and Lesbian Task Force. Nice, big job. Vade died in May of this year, actually. The two of them? No, just the uh, the partner of Urvashi Vade. Okay, just died. Yep. That's sad. Yeah, in May of this year. And now it's this woman's birthday? And now today is this woman's birthday. Today she is 75 years old. Okay. No clue yet? No, no idea. Her last name is the name of a recent president. Oh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> no, that no, wasn't a comedian. No. Oh, a comedian. Um, a Rita Rudnick. No. What uh, president do you know named Rudner? I'm not thinking, I'm not putting, I'm not thinking about what you say. <laughs> Obviously. President. Now I got to remember president's names. And as each woman comes up, I got to, is that a president? No. Yes. No. Maybe. Was that? No. Oh, fuck it. I'm just going to tell you. It's Kate Clinton. Kate. Kate. Clinton. Clinton. Yes. Who is she? I'm going to show you a clip of her, actually. 
Oh, she's the comic. Yeah, she is the comic. Okay. All two different views at the same time. I Isn't that no exciting? Idea who this uh, we, we forgot how to do that during the George Bush years. We had, I'm having two ideas at the same time. Don't hurt me. But it's a little bit me. And it's a little bit tea party. And don't get me wrong, I take the tea party, uh, the tea baggers. <laughs> uh, my gal begs me not to say that. But it's so much fun. She's like, no, don't say tea baggers. It's, you just get off to the wrong start. I said, well, Call him line scrotal sacks of stupidity. <laughs> See, tea bagging is much more fun. What's that? Tea bagging is much more fun. Yes, I love them. I love that man. <laughs> oh, uh, Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah. Jesus, I just want to. I just want him to crush my face in his thighs. <laughs> well, anyway, to Kay Clinton, we say. Happy birthday, Kate Clinton. Sorry about your wife. <laughs> yes, very sorry about that. Yeah, happy birthday. But happy birthday. Here's a carnation. Now it's time for our next segment. Bring out your day. Bring out your day. That sounded good. Anyway, in today's segment of Bring Out Your Dead, this is kind of a sad one because the person was so young. Kind of a sad one. Yeah, because it's a young death. Yeah, 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 but it's only kind of sad. Well, yeah. The death. Yes. As I, so there were, like, gradations of sad. Yes. This was kind of sad. Well, I wasn't really familiar with this person at all. He's a uh, recording artist. He was the... Wasn't he, familiar with his music at the, all. The name is familiar. The name I heard wrong. because of the association with his brother. Right. Oh, was that... Uh, that's we're talking about Aaron Carter. Aaron Carter. Right. Uh, his brother is Nicky Carter. Who is in the Backstreet the Boys. The Backstreet Boys. But Aaron Carter, he began performing at age seven after the formation of the Backstreet Boys and released his self-titled debut album in 1997 at the age of nine, selling a million copies. That's crazy right there. His second album, Aaron's Party, sold three million copies, and he then began making guest appearances on Nickelodeon and touring with the Backstreet Boys. Oh, dear. His next album, called Oh, Aaron, went platinum. And then in 2002, he released the album Another Earthquake. He did not release another album again until 2017, when he released the album Love. And how old was he? Uh, well, he was born in 87, so in 2017, he would have been 30 years old at that time. Yep. Yep, 30. And, and, and he's dead now. Yes. How old was he when he died? He was 34 years old 34 when he died. Years old. He came out as bisexual in 2017, which I did not know. Okay. But he had a son who was born in November of last year with his then fiance Melanie Martin. She must be sad. I'm sure. Melanie. I don't know if they were still together as well, engaged or whatever. But anyway, Carter suffered from an opioid addiction for the last, for more recent years, for which he received treatment. In 2019, he disclosed that he'd been diagnosed with both schizophrenia and bipolar disorder. Both of them? Yeah. In 2019, he How made, do you know which one is happening? I, you have to ask his therapist. I don't know. <laughs> that's not my, that's not my field of expertise. I just gave you a softball fucking pitch. And you ruin it. Because it's my job to keep the show on focus. I'm so sorry if I don't catch every fly ball you send in my direction. Some of them are grounders, I have to say. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yeah, okay, so... But anyway, in 2019, he I made... I love basketball references. He accused his sister, Leslie, of allegations of sexual, sexual abuse. Oh, dear. 
She died of a drug overdose in 2012. How old was she? Don't know. I think she was an older sister. He said that the abuse began when he was 10 years old and ended when he was 13. Inflicted by the sister. Yes. He said it would occur when Leslie would fail to take her medication for bipolar, bipolar disorder. disorder. He also accused his brother Nick of lifelong abuse and said that Nick also abused another female family member. Allegations which, of course, he denied. But anyway, Nick Carter and their, sis and their sister Angel got restraining orders against Carter, who had confessed that he had thoughts of killing Nick Carter's then-pregnant wife. Can we stop for a second? Yes. Where are the parents? Where are the parents? Where These are, the parents? are all adults now. When all this happened. Okay. You know? Tell your story. But anyway, his body was found on November 5th in his bathtub. Like, if your father said, I want to talk to you about something. This, this thing with your brother, this thing with your sister, this thing, what the... Like, like what I'm saying is that just because you're an adult doesn't mean that your parents' influence wanes to the point of nothing. Okay. Like, if your father came up to you and said, as an adult, uh, listen, this is the thing. You know what I mean? Like, you would... That would mean something. Yes. Oh, yeah. But we don't know what, if any, the parent involvement the parents had in getting him to seek treatment. Uh, okay. Because this has been going on forever now. Well, it's been going on the last five or six years, I would say, that all this stuff started happening. But on November 5th, his well, body... Well, according to Aaron, it's been happening for a whole lot longer than that. Well, the abuse, yes. But we're talking about all the shit happening to him in the news okay. with the arrests and the drug problems. He was arrested? Yes, he has an arrest record also for I don't know what. That I didn't bother even covering. It didn't okay. matter to okay. me. So what mattered? Go ahead, pick it up. What mattered was on November 5th, his body was found in a bathtub in his home. Oh, dear. Okay. They don't know. They haven't determined cause of death yet. They're still waiting for toxicology reports. Now, wasn't that also Whitney Houston and Michael Jackson? I don't know. In bathtubs? Maybe. I don't know. I don't keep track of celebrity deaths. Interesting. <laughs> Just their birthdays. Yes. And arcane information about the house they grew up in, which yes. is now a grocery barn. <laughs> Uh, okay. Interesting. No, it's, uh, yeah. It's a sad story. It's another child star. And had he died in a bathroom. Who went downhill, you know? He died in a bathroom by himself. Yes. Had he not been a child star, do you think he'd be alive today? Possibly. Possibly. Well, anything's possible. Possible as a lawyer. We don't answer. know his personal history. We don't know his family history. We know okay, nothing okay, about okay, him, okay, you know? Okay, 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 So, yes, it's possible. Mark this as evidence. <laughs> You're such a dick. Me? Yes, you! Anyway, we're going to move on to our next segment now. Today in History! The clock sounded okay, too. Oh, thank you. I'm just saying I want to keep track. Okay. Well, today in history, three events occurred. Oh, dear. And they all occurred in Germany. Oh, dear. Well, yeah, I mean... Well, first, on November 9th... When this shit goes down in Germany, this shit really goes down. Yes, it does. First, on November 9th, 1923, the German police and government troops suppressed the infamous Beer Hall Puch, Puch. in uh, Munich, Germany. Puch? Orchestrated by Adolf Hitler. Right, right, 1923. Yep. At the time, they were basically... What had happened was he was... His base of support was in Bavaria. The leaders of Bavaria had basically declared themselves sort of like dictators of the Bavarian province in Germany. So Bavaria is not yet... It was part of Germany, but it, it, it had its own governing self-province. Just, just like we have state governments in the United States of America. So Germany, as a as a huge government in itself, still had some control over this. Yes, 
Okay. Because at this time, the government of Germany, the federal government, was known as the Weimar Republic. Okay. They were fun, from what I hear. Uh, well, <laughs> they were for a while yeah, until yeah. things went they, downhill. They, fast. they had a good time. So what had happened after this? They declared a state of emergency, and then inspired by Mussolini's march in Rome in twenty-two, yeah, yeah, in which yeah. he assumed power over Italy. He did love to march. He then planned to use Munich as a base for a march against the Weimar Republic. So on the night of November eighth, one of the leaders of the Bavarian local government was giving a speech at this beer hall called the. Bur- Burger Braukeller, which is a beer hall in Munich. You, I don't, you, the German language, you can't just keep going. Just do the best you can and keep going. So he was making a speech to a crowd of 3,000, and Hitler had about 600 of the paramilitary uh, troops, known as the SA, okay. had them surround the beer hall, and they had a machine gun set up in at the auditorium, and then Hitler marched in with more of the SA troops, and base ended up shooting, firing a shot into the sea and jumping on a chair and yelling, the national revolution has broke out, this hall is surrounded by 600 men, nobody is allowed to leave. He then went on to state that the Bavarian government was deposed and he declared the new f- formation of a new government with this World War I general named Ludendorff. But by the morning of November 9th, they realized this little puch was not going nowhere. And by puch, you mean this riot, this coup. That's what puch means. I guess so, yes. Puch. P-U-T-C-H. P-U-T-S-C-H. P-U-T-S-C-H. Yes. Puch. Earlier in the morning... Why do I want to change the vowel because of the S? I don't know. Earlier in in that morning, some of the SA had tried to leave the beer hall, and they were shot, and three of them were shot and killed by uh, the German police. It could be putts. But then, not knowing what to do, they decided they were just going to go out and march. So, 2,000 of them marched out, but they really had no specific destination. And they ended up in this square in front of this building called the... Feldham Hall, and they met a force of 130 soldiers blocking their way, and before you know it, shots rang out, and four state police officers and 16 Nazis were killed. And of course, Hitler ran off for like two days, he was eventually arrested and charged with treason. But the whole event brought national attention to the Nazi party, which really had... No one had been paying attention to the party right, at that right, point right. in time. But so they went after Bavaria first. Yeah, so they tried in Bavaria first. But eventually he was arrested and charged. He had a 24-day trial in which he got more publicity. And in his defense, he got to espouse his whole national socialist philosophy, omitting all the anti-Semitism, yeah, of course. Yeah, because yeah, he's a court. He was found guilty... Was sentenced to uh, how many years in prison was he sent? Uh, to send, he was sentenced to five years in prison. He only served nine months, and during that time, he wrote his book Mein Kampf, which outlined his whole philosophy. And that's when, during that time, he figured that it would be easier to take power through legal means instead of through violence. Now I got to tell you, yes, I have a copy of that book of Mein Kampf, and it always freaked out my ex. <laughs> Why is that? Because it's a kind of a weird book, because of what the book is. Yes. Although I have to say, Arthur Lawrence wrote a book called Original Story By. Okay. So the cover of the book said Original Story By, and then his name, Arthur Lawrence. Yes. And he, Ken, once said to me, what is the name of that book? (laughs) Because he thought it should have been like Tennessee Williams, Original Story By. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, whatever, whatever. So anyway, yeah, but it freaked him out. And I've never read that book because it's too dense. What, my cop? My cop. I actually have read it. Uh, I read it back in junior high school. It's in junior high school. Yep, I did a report. I had to do. I did a report on it. 
I selected the book to do a report on. So in middle school, because this is this is really explaining a lot. <laughs> in middle school, yes, given the option to pick of any work of literature, or anything, any topic you wanted to, anything you, anything that interested you, yeah, it could have been anything—a movie, a movie star, okay—and it was Mein Kampf. Yep. And so that you spent because I wanted to time. hear, I wanted to hear it right from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Okay. And reading that spelled out pretty clearly what he was for and what he was against, you know? Okay, okay. And unfortunately, the world missed out, you know? These, the book came out, but they didn't really pay attention to it. Well, nobody missed it. They just didn't read the book. But then, ten years after the Birol Puch, he became Chancellor of Germany in 1933. Yeah, he did. But then, in 1938... We're not going to go through the whole history, are we? Nope. Now, okay. But in 1938, on November 9th, do you know what occurred on that night? Um, it wasn't the beer hole puch. No, because that was in 1923. And what year are we talking about? 1938. 1938 is still your Hitler time. Yep. Um, and by this time, he was furious. Oh, 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 he was already furious. So it's not when they blew the symbol off the... They, Oh, you mean the Reichstag no, fire? Yeah, uh, no, that's not. That's a better answer than mine was. No, you're you're, refer that, you're referring to when they blew the Nazi symbol off the Reichstag. Uh, yeah, that was done after the war. Uh, after the war, yeah, which is when I stopped, but you insisted on dragging that corpse. <laughs> So it wasn't that. I'm trying to think. In the history of Nazism, it's 1938. 1938. Now he's already in charge. Yep. He's taken over Poland? No, that's not That's not until September of 1939 that he invades Poland. Oh, uh, so I was off by a few months. Ain't that some shit? I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Well, it's known as Kristallnacht. Kristallnacht, the, the night, night of, of glass. glass. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And the pretext for this, for this whole event was the assassination of a German diplomat in Paris by a German-born Polish Jew. So that gave him the excuse then to engage... You gotta get the Jews. So then Jewish homes, hospitals, schools were attacked. They destroyed 267 synagogues throughout Germany and Austria. Over 7,000 Jewish businesses were damaged or destroyed. And over 30,000 Jewish men were arrested and incarcerated in Jewish camp in concentration camps. I think that's the night in Cabaret. Maybe it is. I don't remember now. I don't think it says. I haven't I, seen the movie a, in a long time. A brick so. comes through the window. Okay. It could be. A, yes, it, it's probably a reference to that event. That has to be. I, for, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. That's during the reprise of um, uh, Married. Yes. Because I, I played, yeah, I played that, Herr Schultz in that. And that's when he walks away from her. Yeah. Because yep. of it. Yep. Exactly. That's the story in that fucking, like, the numbers are just commentary, clever commentary, brilliantly staged commentary. Well, you have Sally's story. The play, well, yeah. But then you have this underlying story of this Jewish grocer having a romance with a German woman and its ill-fated end, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah, surrounded by, I love Candor and Ab. Yep, great pair. Fred Ab, right? Fucking knew what he was doing. And he was saucy. Yes, he was. Don't get saucy with me, Bernays. But anyway, back to Kristallnacht. After Kristallnacht occurred, German Jews were forced to pay a collective fine uh, of one billion Reichsmarks, which would be the equivalent of seven billion dollars today. It's a lot of money. Which was levied by the compulsory acquisition of 20% of all Jewish property in Germany. Oh, okay. All, basically, insurance payments for property damage due to the Jewish community went instead to the German government as payment for damages to the German nation. And Jews required to pay for the cost of all the damages caused by the pogrom to all their homes and businesses. Okay, so, okay. But the German the German public was reacted negatively to this event. They were not happy with it. Kaiser Wilhelm 
who was the leader during World War One. He was still alive at this point, and he commented, for the first time, I am ashamed to be German. It does some shit. And some nations broke off relations with Germany. The U.S. recalled its ambassador at the time. And, of course, the Jewish exodus from Germany increased quite a bit mm-hmm. after that. Mm-hmm. But also... Where did they go? What? Where did they go? Probably to nearby countries in Europe at that time. And also, because of this, the notoriety of this, this event, national socialist movements in the United States and other countries fell into decline a bit, you know? Because this wasn't a very popular event, to say the least. But it rears its ugly head still and again. Yep. But it also marked the, the German policy of, of discriminating against the Jews in employment and education right, and right. economics. And now going to outright violence and murder against them now. And some some historians mark this as the beginning of the Holocaust. Okay. Kristallnacht. Kristallnacht. The night of broken glass. November 9th. November 9th, 1938. But then lastly, we jump ahead 44 years to November 9th, 1989. Where is this happening? In Germany. Okay, go ahead. And this marks the fall of the Berlin Wall. Mr. Gorbachev, take down this wall. Well, that was uh, President Reagan back in 84, I believe, when he spoke at the Brandenburg Gate, which is at the Berlin Wall. Okay, so what did you say this was? This was the fall of the Berlin Wall. The actual fall of the wall. Yes, because by the, by the end of 1989, the East German government was in its death throes, and then they finally issued this order allowing East Germans to cross freely into West Germany. Okay. So before you know it, East Germans were piling up at the checkpoints, or like six checkpoints along the Berlin Wall. Okay. And the guards were not notified of this order. Well, why? Who would tell them? And they no. Well, they should have gotten orders from. I above, know what they should have, but they never did. But eventually, they guess they were told what happened, and they're like, okay. And they started letting people started crossing over. People started celebrating. People West Berliners greeted the East Berliners with champagne and flowers. Right, right, right. People started climbing on top of the wall. Yeah, I know the pictures. And then people started dismantling the wall. It was like a Time magazine. It was a it was an amazing thing to see. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it was a it was a big celebration. Yeah, it, was big. it really was. I think like the world like shared in that. 1980 what? That was 1989. 1989, yeah. And that wall went up in like, what, like 60, 61, I believe? 1960 or 61? I don't remember. Something like that? I, uh, yeah. I would have thought it went up right at the end of World War Two, but probably not. No, I think, it went up, I think it went up a little bit later. I'm not sure. I could be wrong. As a result of communism and not necessarily Nazism. Yes, exactly. Well, Nazism was dead by that point. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I lost 20 years in there. Anyway, it doesn't Interestingly matter. enough, when I was researching this, I found out... Margaret Thatcher, who was the Prime Minister of the UK, and Francois Mitterrand, who was the President of France, they opposed this happening. They didn't want the Berlin Wall to fall. They did not want a reunification of Germany. Germany. They they were afraid it was going to be too powerful again. Hello? And they tried to talk to Gorbachev to do something about it, but he didn't. In the entire 20th century, Germany was the world conqueror. For the first half of the 20th century, yeah. Twice. Right? And I have nothing against Germans. I love their automobiles. <laughs> Their men are delicious and beautiful. Their women are gorgeous and... Uh, well, now they're probably the number one economic power in Europe. The, yeah, but... but And, and uh, the rest of Europe has a history of being a scared of them. Yes. So... But they have shown no intention 
tons of no, no, wine, no, they get property good. or increasing their armies. They've they're not doing anything. The Germans like have been very, they've been nothing but contributing. And they, they're, they're, as a matter of fact, I heard something about Germany recently, okay, probably today, yes, that they have put a limit on short term air, air, air flights. Flight, uh, air, air, short-term airplane rides. If you can get there in two and a half hours by train, you're not allowed to fly there. Okay. That's the new German law. Oh, okay. I like it. Okay. Two and a half hours in the train, and then you can fly. But if you can get there by train in two and a half hours, you're not flying. You're not allowed to fly. I'm sure they're doing this for <laughs> environmental reasons. Uh, see, you're catching up. Yes. So what I'm saying is Germany has become a leader in, in many... Uh, and they have shown no signs of wanting to conquer the rest of Europe again. No. Of the countries in Europe right now, it's probably the safest place for democracy right now, or just say their form of democracy. It's a parliamentary democracy. <coughs> a parliamentary socialist democracy. But anyway, this has been a momentous day in German history for many reasons. Did I mention the thing about the air show? Yeah, I did. Yes, he did. Okay. Yes, he did. Yeah, I did. And, I, and actually, after the Berlin Wall fell, a lot a lot of Germans wanted to make November 9th a national holiday to celebrate, but because of Kristallnacht, they said, nah, let's not make that a holiday on this day. So they made some day in October, National Unity Day, celebrating the reunification of, of East and West Germany. Maybe it was like the day that they let them in. Well, no, that was... I think it was marking the day when it was officially, officially reunified. Government stamped. Yeah. Which makes sense. Uh, you know, it's a way out. Right, exactly. But those big events are, are important. Yes, they are. All of them are. We should learn something from their history, you know? We, and from our own. Yeah, but please. We, People barely even know our history here you know in this what, country. Though, it's been surprisingly quiet. What do you mean? I haven't heard any big blustering sort of yet. Oh, no, not yet. We're going to get to that soon okay. in one of our later segments. We're going to talk about all of that. But right now, we're going to move on to our next segment. What day is it? Could you play tell me? What day is it? I'm confused, you say. Yes, it's time for What Day Is It? And you'll like this one involves food. Uh, hold on, let me guess. Okay. Beef jerky day. Nope. Bacon day. Nope. Uh, it involves food. Cheese day. No. What is it? It is National Scrapple Day. I don't know what that is. Scrapple is a mush of pork scraps and trimmings combined with cornmeal, wheat flour, and spices. It's formed into a semi-solid loaf and then sliced and pan-fried. It's usually eaten as a breakfast side dish. What's it called? It's called Scrapple. Would you like to see what it looks like? Uh, yeah, I would. Because I think I can make this. You probably could. This is Scrapple. Okay. And there it is with eggs. It's just fried fat. Basically, yeah, it's fried... Pork leftovers, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is, all sliced. Ew. No, yeah, it's like meatloaf. Right? Or like liverwurst. Yeah, but it's... Scrapple, huh? Yeah. You know what? I'm afraid to eat like Vienna sausages or... Oh, I've had Vienna sausages. I've never had Spam. Oh, I've had Spam. Spam's good, too. How do you eat it? Do you just, like, open it and eat it with a fork? No. No, you, it's sliced. You fry it up. Is it gelatinous? No, I don't think so. It may be gelatinous in the in the container, but you fry it up. It's basically a meat do product, you, you do know. You like take it out of a like a gelatin. It's in a little can. I know what it is, but like like is it with water or is it with oil? Is it with I don't some know gelatinous I, I, I ooze. I haven't eaten spam in a long time. It so. seems like you'd remember gelatinous ooze. <laughs> 
Yes. All right. And Vienna sausages. I, am I supposed to take them home and cook them? Like what? Like I, I haven't eaten those in a long time. I don't either. know. I, I don't. You forget how to eat things. Is that what happens when you get to your old? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. You forget how to eat things. <laughs> if you don't eat them that often, yes, I guess so. I haven't had an ice cream cone. I haven't had in my mouth. You want to talk about things that haven't been in my mouth? How you don't forget? I mean, never. Mind. Anyway, Scrapple um, was known by the Pennsylvania Dutch name Pondhouse. It was created by German colonists who settled near Philadelphia and other areas in Pennsylvania in the 17th and 18th century. So these are your real-time Amish people. Yes, it is. The real-time Amish people. They basically invented, so to speak, Scrapple. All right. So you can thank the Amish for that. You just got to eat while we have it laying around. That's what it basically is. (laughs) Give me some of that. And there are variations of Scrapple. Some make it with beef. Some make it with chicken or turkey. You know, it's all the leftover stuff, you know? That's what they make it with. Throw some cornmeal in there. Throw some flour in there. Add some salt because you... Yeah, you got to add some spices to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just fry it up till it it makes a loaf. You make make the loaf first. And then you slice the loaf, and then you pan fry the slices. All right. Okay? Okay. You clear on that now? Yeah. All right. So tonight, you're going to go home and make some Scrapple. I, I'm I'm going to forget about Scrapple <laughs> in about T minus. <laughs> Ten. Go ahead. We now move on to our next segment. Oh, a new segment. There's no way I'm going to remember Scrapple after a new segment. <laughs> our next segment is Turn Your Head and Cough. <laughs> Ah, that was a good one today. Oh, ooh, sorry, I didn't realize you weren't done. Ooh, I lightheaded. I was a Pinterest cough. Okay. <laughs> I just got lightheaded and buzzed. So Anyway, a study published uh, today in the journal J-A-M-A Psychiatry. J-A-M-A, hold on, Psychiatry? Yes, I'm journal? not sure what J-A-M-A stands for. Okay, never mind, because I'm just going to guess. Okay, but anyway, they, there's a study that they published that found that people struggling with anxiety can be helped either by a daily pill or by daily meditation. They did a two-month study involving 276 people diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. Half of them were given a common antidepressant, uh, Lexapro, and the other half participated in a stress reduction program. The stress reduction program consisted of they had to attend twice weekly two and a half hour group classes for eight weeks plus one full day at a meditation retreat and they were told to practice meditating for 45 minutes each day for the entire study period. They told people with anxiety to do that? Yes. Okay, go ahead. So they found that in both groups there was a 20% reduction in the symptoms at the end of the study. Okay. Now, of course, with the with the medication, some of the uh, nearly 80 participants, nearly 80% partici- uh, of the participants experienced some kind of side effects, such as trouble sleeping, nausea, headaches, uh, or increased anxiety. Whereas the people who participated in the me- meditation, the only side effect they experienced was increased anxiety. So those are the... Pluses and negatives about each meditation is not going to cause constipation. It's possible that Lexapro might. Yeah, well, that's the kind of right. Uh, all right, so yeah, I have nothing to say about that. I find it hysterical okay. that you're going to tell a person with anxiety, right, that every day you have to do this. You have to sit down and be calm. Ah, ah, ah! You can't speak. You got to just sit, and you got to just. Uh, uh, you're going to give. They got to do it every day. Well, so I mean, with this, when, if they do further studies on this, are going to are they going to have the meditation group in such an intense program, or are they going to allow them themselves? You know, they'll teach them the meditation first, 
and then allow them on their own to engage on the medication in the meditation on a daily basis. I think that would be a real test of how successful it is. I I think, I think for some reason I think meditation in groups is part of it. I don't know why. I think, okay. I think that without it's not like to me you're you, you, the the well uh, for some people they work better in a group dynamic. Some people work better we're individually not alone. About sex. Patrick. I know. I was talking about meditation. About, about uh, 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 kind of a worship thing. How's it a worship? Ah, uh, it's not. <laughs> then why did you say it was? Because because it sort of <laughs> happens in groups. Yes. There's a community of people who engage in this. There's there's a country of people who this is their. They don't face Mecca every day five times. They don't go to church and ask for forgiveness every Saturday at five. They're not at the temple sundown Friday night. Okay, so to me, that's this is sort of well. There should be a differentiation between prayer and meditation. Uh, I don't disagree with you, but I think that it's common that to think that it's sort of an organized thing. Okay. And that there's a lot of pressure to be that calm. Okay. Well, then that's why most people, I would assume, probably engage in meditation on an individual basis by themselves. No, you, you what know? you do is you give those people the pill. Why? Because there's less pressure in the pill. Once a day, I got to remember to take the pill. Oh, my God, I have to do 45 minutes. And uh, there's a class. I can't. Sorry, I got to go to the thing. And, and then you got to... Uh, but if you had a choice between choosing some chemical to put in your body to calm your anxiety or to find a natural non-invasive, non-chemical way of reducing your anxiety, such as meditation, which would you choose? I think we both know the answer to that. <laughs> as a typical American, you want the fast response, so you'll I, take the pill. I, uh, as this type of person... <laughs> Do you suffer from anxiety, Tommy? I, I don't think we should be discussing each other's health <laughs> um, in the workplace. Oh, okay. I don't think we should. <laughs> All right, then. I guess we're going to move on to our next segment. Give me the pill. I'll eat a salad. Everything is fine. <laughs> so, normally, we would take a look into my briefs at this time. Oh, good. But there was nothing significant in the world of law to bring up this past week. Not yet. You know, because of all the election brouhaha. Yes, there's been brouhaha. Which now brings us into our next segment. Ah, okay. Oh, that's where you put this? Yes, it's time for the Week in Fascism. And yes, we are going, of course, to talk about the election results from yesterday's midterm elections. Now, I'm wondering why you put this in the fascism segment. I think there's an obvious reason, because a lot of people, such as me and probably you, and definitely President Joe Biden and lots of other people, view this vote as a vote to save democracy. Okay. And I would tend to agree with that. Okay. Considering some of the extremist candidates on the right wing side of the of the of this of this election. The MAGA Republicans. Yes. I think it was credible to believe that such a problem could have occurred of them being elected and changing America's direction. I'm just questioning the placement in the run in the in the runtime. It seems to me like like this is not a fascist a demonstration of a fascist moment. This to me right now today where we're sitting is looks like a sort of victory against. It fascism. is a victory against fascism. Okay. I think that should be celebrated. Okay. 
The week in fascism doesn't, have to, uh, doesn't always have to be about pro-fascist efforts. It can be about anti-fascist efforts as well. Now, is it, a, is it a, a characteristic of fascism to change the rules as you go to suit your purpose? Of course it is. Okay. But that's probably the characteristic of any authoritarian regime or philosophy. Okay. Yeah, okay. Change the rule. Right. Add a rule. Fix a rule. Yes. Okay. But anyway, despite all the dire predictions, the red wave did not happen. Which led to some really tasteless jokes online. Yes, it did. Which is how I spent my time. <laughs> yes, there was no crimson tide. Yeah. <laughs> Just spotting. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yes, more than likely, the Democrats are probably going to lose the majority in the House of Representatives. That seems Everybody's likely. Said, the good thing that. is that their loss in the House is only going to be probably in the single digits. Nine the way it was predicted, they were going to be losing dozens of seats in this election uh, season. That didn't happen. Well, you know, what that whole, that whole observation of the past 40 years has been that the president in charge loses during the midterm election. That's what usually happens. And it has held true to some degrees, extremely, like 78 <laughs> seats. Technically, seats. it held true, but he didn't suffer the... Lo Biden or the Democrats didn't suffer the losses that other administrations or parties have lost in previous midterm elections. I mean, they, It's only like three times that the majority party in the government increased their numbers during the midterm during elections. Midterms. The last time was under George W. Bush. Okay. Well, that's what we, you know, we all thought we were so scared. We were peeing in our pants. Everything was so scary back then. Well, of course. Because it was right after 9-11 yeah, and was the Iraq check. War. And yeah, it was a, that was a chaotic time to say the least. Yeah. One good thing that came out of this is that many, a lot of the candidates that Trump endorsed lost. Sorry, I was reflecting on the Bush years. Oh, don't do that. No, I'm wondering <laughs> if, like... But let's put this way. George W. Bush was considered the worst president of modern times until Donald Trump came along. It's like, uh, Donald Trump is where American politics, like, passed a hairball. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Is it less scary because it's so obvious? Like, George W. Bush, those were... Establishment, established people who committed, in my opinion, war crimes. Yeah, I agree. And is it and is, Obama let them off the hook when he is, became when he became president? Well, Gerald Ford is responsible for that. How is Gerald Ford responsible? Because you got to sort of let the old guy off. Oh, I know. He did that with Nixon, and that actually was held against him when he ran for for re-election, and he lost. And a big reason why was because of his pardon of Nixon. Well, and he couldn't walk up a flight of stairs without falling down. <laughs> so, the, you know, you start to question people's capacity. Right. But anyway, back to these elections. These elections. Oh, these nuts. I guess, you know, the question is now, because like I said, a lot of Trump's candidates lost. And the question is, is this... Are these results going to affect his decision whether or not to run for president in 2024? Oh, so we're going to need a team of psychiatrists up in here because you can make yes and no arguments all day long in both directions. Yes, you can. This. I mean, he, with his ego, he may not want to risk another loss. He may not be able to resist. Especially since... He would probably have to run in a primary against DeSantis. It would be DeSantis. Because you know DeSantis is going to run. Because his, his ego is just about as big as yeah, Trump's. Yeah, yeah, he would, he would lose to DeSantis. They would put up DeSantis. My, my hope is that he does run against DeSantis in the primary. And that he loses. Primary DeSantis wins and becomes a Republican nominee. And then 
Trump with his hu- his hubris and his, and his ego runs as a third party candidate. Okay. I could I could see that as a possible scenario. Oh, for sure. I'm almost hopeful for that scenario, especially if Joe Biden decides to run for president in 2024. See, now you should sort of plot out a script with those points. I have. Use a reference to, I have. Those, to those points. Well, the thing is about Joe Biden... No, as a narrative. What do you mean? Like a play, write a play. If this happens, what if this event happens? And uh, this is what would happen if this set of events would happen, according to the playwright. You're right. So what would those events be, and how would you write that, and, and who would the characters be? And, and so write a play. That's what I'm saying. That works better as a novel. Plays become dated too fast. And like you're, too wor- you're too wordy. Excuse me, I'm an excellent editor. You're wordy. <laughs> That's what I'm talking. You're in when I write, I'm a good editor. Okay, I never seen nothing you ever wrote. I only ever talked. Yes, about. I know. I sent you my play to read, I read, and you never read it. I read a lot of that play. You read a lot of it. Yeah, what the cover, I've the moved, dedication page. I moved in the middle of it. It's been years now, and many. I I can put my hands on it. Do you have it in a PDF? Because then you could just email it to my Kindle. Is it on a PDF for real? I think I sent it as a Word document. You sent it as a document, which is part of the problem, because it was like 400 loose pages. Okay. Can I move on to back to where we were talking about, the elections? You tell me, are you over the fact that I have yet to finish reading that play? Because you mentioned it every chance you get. I'm not surprised. So they sent it to other people who said they were going to read it, and they haven't read it yet either, so... Okay, it was too big. Oh, yes, it's too big. It was too big. Oh, my God. Too many pages. Too many pages. It was double spaced for God's sake. It's too many pages. Please. Your your deficiencies in vision aside. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that sound again? Could you compare that sound to other things? Choking in choking no, in disbelief. That was that, that was, was choking in disbelief. That was a farting sound. It was not a fart, but you made a farting sound on the exhale, <laughs> and uh, that's what we heard. Well, then it was a moment of oral incredulous flatulence. Okay. How many syllables is that? I don't know. I think that's a haiku. Oh, my Moral God. intelligent flatulence. Shut up, dude. Shut up. Uh, oh, uh, my God. Give me a cigarette, please. Please. I'll have a frying pan. Oh, my God. So I can Looney Tunes you. Anyway, it looks like I'm going to make a prediction right here and right now. Okay, get your pencils ready. And I think the Democrats eventually are going to still hold a majority in the Senate. And I'll tell you why. I can't wait to find out. Because right now, the, the last numbers I saw were there were 49 Republican senators and 48 Democratic senators. And there were two elections we were still waiting on. One was the one in Arizona between uh, Mark Kelly and Blake Masters. Okay. And the way the numbers are looking right now, it looks like Kelly's going to win that. I always thought Blake Masters was a porn name. Like, I've seen that name on the screen. Okay. Blake Masters. <laughs> so that may... I, I don't think I'm paying attention to that one. Okay. The Georgia one. But the Georgia one... It's now going to a runoff that election, and that's going to take. Forever. And that's going to that won't be held until December. That's right. And I'm predicting Warnick's going to win that. I mean, he had the majority of the votes in this election, but he didn't have he didn't break the fifty percent point that has right, been broken right, 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 under right. Georgia law. I predict he's he's going to break it. 
under this. Well, there was also a third party that didn't figure in very, very large, but was took 11% or something, some third party. But one thing I, I've learned from this election is Democratic Party needs to get its fucking act together really badly. I think the Democratic Party needs to take a second and breathe. <laughs> <laughs> like just chill out for a second. Like this is not bad. This is this is okay. You can do this. It's been a contentious government for them forever. It's going to be a contentious government. It's good. That's the way it's. And it, we're we're flipping back and forth. But the 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 numbers are so minuscule. It's the same thing. It's pretty much what we have right now. Because the, the Democrats can't get anything done because they can't get enough votes from the Republicans in the House of Representatives. Well, they're not getting any to votes get from anything Republicans. Passed. Yeah. Okay. So now the Republicans are going to have nine more seats. Right. Than the Democrats have. So they're going to try to get what they want to get passed through, and they're not going to be able to because nine seats is not enough to win. Uh, so you know what I'm saying? And like I understand what you're saying, but what I'm saying is the Democratic Party has a real image problem, and it won't be able to take care of that until it resolves its inner division between the mainstream establishment Democrats and the so-called progressive Democrats. So-called progressive, you did you did quotes around your head. Yeah, because what they're doing is so photogenically bad, I can't think of another word for it. It's just, if perception is reality, the okay, progressive so Democrats are giving a bad image to the Democratic Party. What image? I mean, get? about two weeks ago, the progressive Democratic caucus, whatever, came out with this letter saying, oh, we should reconsider all that aid that we're giving to Ukraine and maybe uh, work towards negotiations with Russia. And people pounced on that. It's like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Well, I'm just... This is this is an idea memo that went out to people. Like, what, what kind of... This was an open letter that they wrote. They So they wrote an open letter and said, maybe what we should do is... And where was it published? I, I don't know where, but it was... Mass media, of course, got it. Okay. We sent it, you know, sent out to the media. And it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You know, and that's what people perceive the Democrats as. Like, oh, all of a sudden now, you're gonna pull out your uh, all your support for Ukraine after all you've done, to, you know, to keep it going. At this let point. me ask, let me tell you how I see that. Okay, I, you know what? Now is not the time for that shush. Everybody, be nice. Stop it. That's what the Democrats don't do: is get themselves together to say. Well, they need to learn how to make their agenda more palatable to the public. Uh, they need to know how to play nice with their brother. Is what they need to do. The Democrats are always in fighting, but also the public hears defund the police, and like that's a loser. It's a loser of an issue. Something like that. Just the headline itself. That's that's that topic in particular. That whole thing. That whole defund the police was so manipulated by everybody um it may have meant maybe it didn't mean it i'm sure for some people it did to take away the entire budget it's a pat slogan for a complicated program or issue you what know? did you just say it's a pat slogan yeah 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 that's exactly right yeah it's a slogan and people can make it mean what and that's they what people will remember you know sure because slogans are easy that's what makes them slogans yeah they're easy otherwise it's not a slogan maybe it's a rhyme maybe it's a verse but what anyway like. in this election it's been noted that the republicans made inroads among white women and hispanic voters and usually you know the minorities in this country have always been pro-democratic but now you have this new influx of hispanic immigrants moving into the U.S., and they are probably conservative, Catholic for the most part. Those people ain't vote. Why aren't they voting? Because they're too new. Why so? How many, how many, all right, let me ask you a question. Let me, ha 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 
How many people from across the southern border, walk across the southern border, became citizens? I do not know the numbers on that. What would you guess as a person who is aware of the air around you? I don't know. I don't know. Millions? I have no idea. Maybe. Okay. You're being a lawyer and like taking the, I'm not committing to a number. Because either. I don't know the numbers. It just seems to me. How so can I commit to something I don't know? I'm, I'm saying that it seems it seems to me that somebody who who is aware as you are would not know that. It being the issue that it is. I'm sorry, I do not have an encyclopedic knowledge of all these issues. You don't have to apologize. Well, you're making me sound like I'm wrong for not knowing this. Okay, calm down, Amy. (laughs) Patricia. Patty. Patty. Calm down, Patty. Okay, Muriel. Okay. Wow. Muriel Puce. Wow. That's my name for you from now on. Puce is green. (laughs) It sounds like a sort of purpley magenta, but I think it's green. Mmm. Puce. It's like pus. You don't know who Muriel Puce is? Um, I want to say Muriel's Wedding, but only because the words are the same. Maine. Muriel Pierce. Puce. Puce. Oh, was she one of those characters right in the beginning? She's referred to in the story told by the daughter when she's playing table tennis with her friend Muriel Puce. Okay, no. And they stepped on the ball. And then the locker was locked, so they couldn't finish the game. It was supposed to be a very funny, charming story involving okay. Muriel Puce. Okay. So that's you. You're Muriel Puce. Tell me again <laughs> about your non-encyclopedic knowledge of obs- obscuria, obscurtia, obscure things. You're asking me about government statistics versus my experience with musical theater and drama. Two different balls of wax. Yeah, clearly. All right. Same dick, though. Two different balls, but it's the same dick. Oh, you're such an asshole. Anyway, one last thing I want to say about this election is fuck the American news media in this country. Okay. Because not only were they predicting this red wave coming, they were practically promoting it. And I don't mean just Fox News. I'm talking about CNN and MSNBC. It was ridiculous. That's all you heard about was this red wave coming. Right, right, right. And it didn't happen. Oh, so they were wrong. Yeah. It's like, shut the fuck up. Do the job you're supposed to do. Do you know who the best journalists on the air right now are? Tell me. Two comedians, John Oliver and John Stewart. I love John Oliver. And I love John Stewart. They're, the, they're doing the kind of work that news journalists should be doing. John Oliver's long stuff. Is really good. Well, he has his new show now, The Problem with Jon Stewart. Uh, okay. And he, he, and I forget, some government official he confronted and basically shot her down on everything she was saying. But it's like, why do we need to rely on comedians to do this? Why aren't journalists doing this anymore? Instead of just, they'll ask a question, the, can't, the person will give this answer, no matter how ridiculous it is, and instead of following that up, oh, let's just move on to the next question. Okay. In dramatic terms. Yes. Okay. You need... The, the investigator to go out that's like a, a character like a do you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. so 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 cast it differently in your head uh, than, than you whatever makes you yell like that I'm just I'm disgusted with the state of the American news media it's a travesty it really is because it's corporate owned the, your all they was, care about is drawing stop, 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 in stop, audience numbers to increase their profits I got it in my head and here you're going to do the same thing again shut up oh so it's my fault yes so listen, what I'm saying is, theatrically, the comic 
has always been the person who tells the truth to the public. Yes. Okay. So that your question was, why do I have to get better news from comics than from the news media? And I'm telling you, theatrically speaking, that's where you should be looking for your news information in the first place. So sit on that, Marsha Puce. <laughs> Muriel Puce, and that's your name, not mine. <laughs> But anyway, I mean, now I get my news basically from the Associated Press, BBC News, and local news affiliates. I, I don't trust any of these national news networks anymore for anything. What do you think? Outside of, of like maybe like sports, <laughs> which I don't care about. I was gonna say you watch a lot of sports. Patrick? No, but it's probably the only thing they are they can cover. Accurately. They do okay with things like the weather. Sometimes. Sometimes. Like, they know that's a hurricane. That's pretty cool. They yeah. knew it was coming for a long time. But did you, did you mention News 12? Yeah. Long Island's News, uh, News 12? Well, you know what? News That 12, was a good station. News I don't get it anymore. I think I have to go through some convoluted means to get it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was a good station. It's a local news affiliate, you know, yeah, a local yeah, news yeah. program. Those, to me, are probably the, the best news programs now. Okay. Are the local ones. I don't trust these... National corporate-owned news media anymore. because they're because they make wrong predictions and they hype it up too much because yeah and they're following their agenda when they're doing but the they news all now. they all said that you were saying that just yourself that they all would do, it was saying the same thing all of them yes no matter who no matter what side of the pen yeah the right side on, or the left side they were all saying the same thing yep. that never happens why do you think that happened here yeah what you're saying is it's a self-fulfilling prophecy they they keep making it they whip it up into this thing and then they're wrong yep okay so what i'm saying is is it not especially in an election a prediction where I, I, by definition, there's there's a percentage that I'm going to be wrong, okay? okay? So when you predict that this is going to happen, and then you all get the same information from your poll people and from your, uh, you know, everybody's asking, I'm asking these people, and they're taking their polls, and they're crunching their numbers, and they're doing their things, and they're all being told the same thing. Fox News is being told the same thing as MSNBC. In what universe do you think they have the same sort Sources. Do you know what I'm saying? So he and, and yet here they are all reporting the same thing. Mm -hmm. So the information was faulty. Maybe their interpretation of it was faulty. They're building it up like a big deal. I think they're all. Business. I think they're all following a script. The same script. They're given an agenda by who? By their corporate corporate overlords. Basically, okay. you would sound so much better if you didn't say things like corporate overlords. Why not? That's what they are. Because you make it sound like it's not serious. It is serious. I know it's serious. It's so you absolutely should, serious. The, the imagery you is giving me, the imagery you, you're saying, the corporate overlords, I'm seeing... I can't think of a better way to characterize someone like Rupert Murdoch than other than a corporate overlord. Okay, so what was it? Amazon? just lost a billion dollars. Mm -hmm. They were a trillion dollar company and now they're not a trillion dollar company. Yeah. Now they're only an 800 and something billion dollar company. Yeah. But the fact that they lost a billion dollars and they're still an eight billion dollar company. Of course. Elon Musk just lost overlords. half of his money and he's still the richest man on earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy that money. It's crazy that money. And they have some, and they all have their agendas, and that's what they care about. Yes, I agree. So that's why I said I've I've lost complete faith in all corporate media. In corporate news media, yeah. All right.
really have. You should start like your own, like we did in the nineties. What's that? Like news news newsletters? Oh yeah, because people read newsletters all the time now. I think you should send 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 some of these segments, like like transcribe some of these segments and send it out as a email to everybody. Oh, okay. And you think people are gonna read them? No. Then why would I do that in the first place? Because you could say that you send your email to eight thousand people. Oh yeah, so eight thousand people receive my weekly news, my weekly news uh, update. Oh, Newspaper, okay. News, whatever. Help me. Newsletter. Newsletter. <laughs> Let me struggle like that. Oh, I'm so sorry. Can we move on to our next segment now? I don't. Care. Oh, that's not a very positive attitude. Go ahead, smile at me. <laughs> on this end yes it's loud oh i'm so sorry okay so what have i been watching yes what have you been watching actually very little okay you know your your basic news in the background at all times okay and rupaul rupaul anything Um, new on rupaul anything new or exciting no i'm waiting for um they're coming to the end of uh, this i don't know britain maybe oh okay uk uh uk yeah well i don't know they get mixed up but then okay. again, I really only watched the English ones. Okay. Except for Spain. Okay. Well, you, I thought you watched the Spain one. I do watch the Spain. Oh, okay. One. That's the only non-English one I don't. I do watch. Oh, okay. Spain. A lot of hot guys on there. It's the pit crew of like <laughs> wet dreams across <laughs> the world. They are the most beautiful men. That pit crew in particular, two years running. I don't give a shit what those queens are doing. When they say, oh, pit crew, bang, everything. Louis, sit down. <laughs> so aside from that, you haven't watched anything new? No uh, TV series? No, no new no, movies? I'm trying to think. I'm trying to, no new movies. Uh, there was something. I don't know. And if it's if, uh, if I'm watching any kind of programming, it's usually like from a mind list. So it's like episode eight of season seven of Confessions of a Serial Killer. Like I'll watch an episode of that randomly. Okay. Uh, when there's nothing else on and like and I'm thinking it was almost easier back in the day when like you had five channels and if it was 11 o'clock yeah but now there's just too much to choose there's from so I haven't even I, I doubt I'm like so behind on things I need to watch but see that's more stress though you feel like you're behind in something yeah and uh, what was that 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 app you told me that television app you told me I mocked you on and then I went out and oh uh Tubi Tubi Yes. I haven't even opened it yet because I know that I'm not going to come out of that hole. <laughs> yeah, once you're in. And I don't know where I would even begin. I mean, I can spend like an hour just going through all the what to watch. service providers of what to watch. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It is. It's crazy. The content is unbelievable. Right? What series would you watch again? What series would I watch again? If you can go back and like, like watch any TV series that was ever... ever. Oh, uh, what was it called? Sense8. I heard about that. That was that really good. Ago. No, it wasn't too long. I watched that during the pandemic. Okay. And that was really, really good. Really liked that show. Okay. Yeah, I would definitely recommend that. Interesting. But anyway, for this week, I, I didn't watch a lot either, actually. The only new thing we watched, and we binge-watched it, was the new season of the show The Sinner with Bill Pullman. Okay. He plays this uh, police detective. He has his own little quirks and psychological issues that he's dealing with. Okay. And this was the fourth season now, the latest season. All right. In which he's like up in like somewhere in Maine, it looks like Nantucket or whatever, and he starts investigating this girl's suicide. Okay. And really, really good. It was, I think it's the, it's one of the best of the 
four seasons. Okay. Bill Pullman is a very underrated actor, and he's so good in this. I, I don't think Bill Pullman, <clears> people <throat> know who he is, underestimate him at all. He's just... Well, he's most known for, like, crap, like, Independence nights. Day, you know? Bill Pullman had a stage career. Yeah, I know. Uh, what about, what's it called, uh, American Horror Story? How caught up oh, are we're, we're, we're all caught up. We're, I, all yeah, caught up. we're all caught up. I'll give you this two new episodes tonight, tonight, actually. Right, which is why I always forget it, because it was a week ago when I watched it. It's it's starting to get loopy now, because it's going into the whole tarot card thing now. And it's like, all of a sudden, Sandra Bernhardt's character is a psychic now. You gotta... And you, it's like... You gotta bounce with it. I know. I, I'm just rolling with it. It's all a, I can do. There's a lot of information, so you just... Just gotta... Because there are so many storylines going and on. some of them may make it to the end yeah but you just gotta sort of and, that, and that's half joking because there have been storylines and seasons and shows that have just drifted off yeah you never find out what happened exactly you know? so i just i just like the way he presents things it's big and cheesy and yeah it is it is so gay yes i can't believe the gayness i am watching on television uh, i love it uh, it's fantastic what the hell are you talking about this is like the equivalent of like showing your grandmother the movie cruising oh dear <laughs> no i don't think it's quite like that well without the sex scene yeah, where uh al pacino's hogtied <laughs> The things they put on film. I know, right? But yeah, so The Sinner, definitely a big thumbs up. We really like that. That's all I really watched. But I want to talk about something else. When I was at my show this weekend, someone mentioned that there was a musical adaptation of the film Almost Famous. There it is. It's, on, it's opening soon. Yeah, I it already opened already, soon, yeah. I think. Yeah. And I was like, why? Why? Are you familiar with the film? Have you seen the film? No. It's a film about a, a young boy, young teenage boy, who gets a job as a writer for like Rolling Stone type of magazine, one of those rock magazines. And he ends up uh, tagging along and following along with this band called Sweetwater. And it's all about his antics and adventures with the band and everything. All right. It takes place like during the 1970s. Great film. Kate Hudson was in it. I think she was nominated for an Academy Award for it. All right. Good film. Sounds fun. But you didn't need a musical of it. Well, but wait a minute. He's touring with a rock band. Yeah, I know. But the music... Whatever original music it is written by, I think his name is Tom Cat or William Cat, whatever That's his name Dream is. Dream Girls, bitches. Okay. But the other half of the music is all pop standards of the time period. Okay. And then I saw this clip they did on Jimmy Kimmel in which the cast members are singing the Elton John song, Tiny Dancer. And they're just sitting there. And I was like, did we really need this? Okay. So you had a bad experience. Uh, yeah, I'm just like, can't we do original musicals anymore? Or at least find better material to adapt into musicals. And not try to force feed movies that were successful into the musical format. Why do you think they do that? Money! That's why. So It's not about the art, that's for damn sure. Alright, so what are you upset about? That they keep doing this and doing this. And are, is anybody making like new stuff that's being shown anywhere? It's hard to get it shown. Well, that's all. The, the last big thing, that original thing that came out was A Strange Loop, which rightfully won you know, Best Musical Tony, won the Pulitzer Prize. And it's closing very early. Yeah. Why? Because it's not making any money. I know. And it just it just kills me. But you're talking about the you know the professional the professional Broadway stage, and 
What Bro- I'm asking is, where are they show? Where is Adam Gettle's new show? Where is Lin Manuel's new show? Where Where is John Mike John Michael Lacusa? Michael John Lacusa? Where are these guys having their shows? Yeah, I know. But you can't expect anything less from a Broadway. You know that sort of level investment. It just reminds me of the history. I read a whole series of books by this guy, Ethan Mort. Of course. About the history of Broadway, basically. Yeah, yeah. And it talks about Broadway, basically, pre-1930s and what the musicals were like back then. They didn't have continuous storylines. No. They had all these guest appearances during the show. Vaudeville. Yeah. It was more of a vaudeville than an actual musical that you were seeing. Right. Even though the musical was invented during that time that period. That time, right. But it seems like we're going back to that. With jukebox musicals and, ooh, who's the latest celebrity from the latest reality scene show well, that we're going to have in this show? That's But that you're looking in the wrong place for that. If you want, if, if that's what you want, if you want to see, you know, the movie star on, on stage, if you want to see, and there's some good, there's some good quality stuff that's produced on Broadway. And you're complaining about the, the money-making crap. <laughs> crap. Yeah. So, or what you consider crap. I think that All Shook Up is a great show, okay? And it's the Elvis musical. Uh, I have no particular feeling for Elvis, uh, except for how beautiful he was. It's a jukebox musical. It's a I jukebox saw a production of it. It's Elvis. Did not I, impress me. I, I happen to like that show. It was a piece of fluff. Um, Mamma Mia. Oh, don't get me started. Please. Which is on the whole before. Don't get me started. You have to stop because I told you about a schedule and I couldn't remember the name of the other show. <laughs> and that's the name of the other show. It was Mamma Mia? Mamma Mia. Fucking, I hate that show. I, we know, Patrick. Hate it. We know. We know. And I love ABBA. That's the irony. I love the music of ABBA. I don't think that's irony at all. Because to make a successful jukebox musical, you have to tell a story using those songs, okay? That's how it works. So, otherwise, it's just That's what I mean. They they force these songs into the story format where they don't belong. It's something... They do it better than others sometimes. Look at... Margaritaville is a perfect example of a bad musical like that. Yeah. Okay, I you don't know. know it. Escape to Margaritaville. It was the Jimmy Buffett musical. And now you have the, the who's the guy that they got now? His musical, The Sound of Um, Oh, God. I can't remember his name, but he's a big, oh, like from the 70s type composer, pop music composer, who now, I'm, I'm thinking Neil Diamond, but I don't think that's right. It okay, may be right. I don't know who it is. Musical. That's just his, does Cher, did it? Cher told, tried to tell, or t- told Cher's story. I loved it. But I'm at the point now that if I want to go see a, a show in the city, I'll go to Off-Broadway. You have to. if that's I'll go downtown. Where do you want to see? And are you going to see it just because I mean, the, le- the last show I saw was this past June. We went to go see an adaptation of the last chapter from Ulysses, the Molly Bloom chapter. So one-woman show, 90 minutes. It was fantastic. You need a subscription to BAM. Yes, you I know. I've heard that before. BAM much more. Yeah, I just, I just, I can't tolerate all this mainstream garbage coming out anymore. Okay, it's not all garbage. A lot of it is. Well, it's a business. You know, some they throw away the <coughs> at the end of the day. They spent the money, but it didn't work out. And right now, this is, you know, what it is too, Patrick. You're talking about Broadway musicals. It, when you come to New York. From any place that is not New York, one of the things you want to do 
is see your Broadway play or see <coughs> your course. Broadway musical. Okay, I say everybody, and I mean the whole entire, okay, it's not everybody, not everybody wants to go, but it's a very major tourist attraction to the city of New York. So, and it makes a lot of money for the 20 or 24 people who actually own it. So they have to do certain things. Somebody from Japan is going to come over, and they're maybe not going to go see the Audrey McDonald play, but they're going to go see the Neil Diamond musical because it's music that they know. It's uh, a story that doesn't matter. They can visually see. They Indulging in nostalgia. Uh, whatever it is. That's whoever, exactly what it is. It's for, for, for That's some... how we make money. That's how these corporations make money now, by playing on people's feelings of nostalgia. It's And, and is there anything innately wrong with that? And I'm also saying that music is a transcendent thing. You don't have to be from New Jersey to I know, appreciate. But I get tired of looking back. I want to look forward. I also write something new. I gave you an idea, and you were pooping with me. And if that I wasn't a good idea. Be, it was a great wasn't a idea. good idea. When you read the script I gave you, then you can talk to me about other ideas. When, when you get it down to a manageable 120 pages, <laughs> it's down to 80 pages. So don't give me that crap. Okay. Okay. <laughs> When you sent it to me, I needed a banker's box. <laughs> oh, my God. I think we're going to move on to our next segment now. God, Karen, you are so stupid. Yes, it's time for people saying stupid things. And this one was like shooting fish in a barrel, but it just seemed like the perfect ending for basically our election episode, since we spent so much time discussing it. But of course, this quote came from none other than fascist leader Donald Trump. Okay. And in a pre-election interview, Trump said, I think if they win, I should get all the credit. Oh, I heard it. If they lose, I should not be blamed at all. <laughs> First of all, good Damon Runyon voice. <laughs> Thank you. I know. I was thinking like, it's very guys and dolls it's sounding. Go, yeah. It's, <laughs> that's a good place to go with him. But that's what Trump is. He's a cartoon gangster. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Not enough people know that, but that's, that's I know, exactly But it. that's exactly it. <laughs> yeah. But I, this is like, this man is just no shame, no sense of responsibility for anything. It's And it's amazing that the following is so vapid. Yeah, they're as bad as he they is. They are so committed to him. I, I mean, when know. you have you ever watched the Jordan Clapper segments on uh, well, Comedy Central? Clapper. And his segments where he's he goes to these rallies yeah. and interviews, he's, it's amazing. And he is very talented. How he does not laugh in their faces at them and some of the things they say is amazing. Talent. Is listening and being... And engaging them, you know? Seeming genuinely interested, giving them giving them what they say. Oh, so, so you don't want to do this, but you're going to do that. Yeah. You know, saying that in front of them when they say, yeah. yeah. That, or or uh, um, uh, equal is not this woman with the equal rights. Because the gays, they want more rights. So equal is more. Yes. Yes, equal is more. So uh, he... And he, he, he Demonstrates that to them, and they agree, and it's fantastic. Yeah, he's he's wonderful. Yeah, he's he exposes really this. another comic that you should be looking to for the news. I know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But if you talk about in the weeds. Jordan Klepper has put himself in the weeds. Oh yeah, Jordan Klepper, Jordan Klepper, Jordan Jason, Klepper, Jason yeah. Klepper. Jordan Klepper. Jordan Klepper. Oh, yes. listen, Jordan died. Yes, I know. That was uh, that was a while ago now. That was a couple of weeks ago. I'm not over it. Oh, well, we just, I was thinking, it's been so sad. We discussed that a while ago. I know. It was like Angel Lansbury. I know. A lot of big uh, names have died recently. Yeah, it's been rough. I know. But anyway. Leslie Jordan. Yeah. 
But anyway, to Donald Trump, we say... Stupid! You're so stupid! As if he needed to be told. <laughs> as if he'd listen. <laughs> right? I already blamed Amanya for uh, Dr. Oz. And it's just gossip, but I saw it in two different... You blame who for Dr. Oz? No, listen to me. He blamed Melania for Dr. Oz. What do you mean, how and why and what? She gave him advice to back him. Oh, okay. She picked Mamet Oz. Mamet Oz. Okay, and so he backed her based on her suggestion. So the one time that he may have actually listened to Melania... It was to back Mehmet Oz. So that's all her fault. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's fine whether or not it's true. I don't know. I can't speak to the veracity of that. Um, I saw two tweets that mentioned that story. I don't know who the tweets were from. I didn't follow the links provided in the in the tweet. This man would throw his own children under the bus. Oh. So it would save his ass. Uh, you know, he's not, of course, blaming Melania. It's, you know, some, no. oh, you know what it was? It was maybe like things that he, like, he's so pissed off and these are things that were overheard. Okay. Type of thing. Whatever. They're all douchebags. Yes, they are. And and Donald Jr., man, he is a shameless boot black. Of course he is. He is awful. Oh, my God. God. Depend, depends on what grade of cocaine he has that day. I don't see a lot of Eric, and I see almost no um, of the girl. Oh, uh, Lara Trump, whatever it Ivanka. is. Well, she's probably busy with her husband. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, he, he has his own robber baron family to take care of, you know? Yeah. <laughs> what a life. I know. Like accident of zip code. Like they were born there. Yep. Instead of being born in Korea. Yes. It's so random. It's so like... Life is random that way. It man. is. It's, it's... Yeah. Wow. First of all... <laughs> That's groovy. Um, you got me high. So, if I'm sounding a little groovy, you talk to your dealer. <laughs> if the ship does not fit your preferences. Let's go tripping, man, with Julie Andrews. Lots of roses, whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Kittens and mittens. God. And today, in keeping with our discussion of the midterm elections... Oh, can't wait. We are going to name our five favorite election results. Obama's second election. Obama's second win. What do you mean? When Obama won for president the second time. No, no, I meant from this election. Oh, from this election? Yes, not from previous elections. Oh. I meant from this election. Lauren Bolbert got voted out. Is that official? I, I think it is. It was enough for me to remember. Okay. I, I know, know she was she was trailing by her and still close. Any of it is. Look it up. I don't think she's officially lost yet. I think she might have been. Oh, we're gonna find out in a minute. I I you know what? There's a Schadenfreude involved in this with her and Marjorie Taylor Greene. Well, she already won Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah, Green. I know she's she's still in, but I don't think Lauren Barbert made it. I don't think she did. No, nope, there's nothing saying that she won yet. Oh God, it's you're not official. You're you're still using Windows ninety five. <laughs> there's nothing new. I'll okay. find you the most recent news in the past hour. Take it out of your head, boys. Who needs See? to hear all Lauren Bobert locked in tough re-election bid. So yes, they have not called a winner in that one yet. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Fine. Fine. Get the sound right next week. <laughs> 
My favorite, one of my favorite election results is that recreational cannabis was approved in Maryland and Missouri. That's good news. Yes, it is. Unfortunately, it was rejected in Arkansas, North Dakota, and South Dakota. But that's their loss. They got to catch up. Yep, that's their problem. They're going to miss out on all that tax revenue money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's your second favorite election result? Um, the lesbian who got elected to the uh, governor? Yes, that's on my list also. That would be Democrat Maura Healey, who became the first out lesbian governor in U.S. history, yeah, as well yeah, as the yeah. first woman to become uh, to be elected governor of Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Yep. Yeah. So that was my next one. All right. So what's your third choice then? Uh, Letitia James. Did she win? Yes, she did. She okay. was reelected by a large number. I like Letitia James. Me too. And I like that her investigation of uh, Donald Trump will be continuing uh, then. Yes. <laughs> yes. Third on my list is a woman named Becca Ballant, who became the first woman and the first queer person to represent the state of Vermont in the House of Representatives. The United States House of Representatives? Yes, indeed. Wow. Yeah. Good for her. Right? And what what, what job she get? Uh, she was elected to the Congress, she the was House of Representatives. House of Representatives for, the, for the state of Vermont. For the state of Vermont, and she's an out. She's an out lesbian. An out lesbian. Yep. And lesbians do well this election. Yes, they are all very right. well, right? Okay. Good for you, lesbians. I'm, so, I'm all for it. What's your fourth favorite election results? I don't know. I'm not getting an internet connection. Oh no. Um. Did we keep? Did we keep Charles Schumer? Yes, Charles Schumer was reelected. All right. Let's go. Let's give one to Charlie Schumer. Yeah. All right. All right. Right. I'm, not, I'm not a big Charles Schumer fan. Uh, but it could have been the alternative. I call him the senator from Wall Street. Uh, all right. Because he seems to represent the bankers better than uh, anyone Wall else. Wall Street is an important, whatever I want to say, uh, functioning part of New York City. Yeah, because they need further help and representation in the federal government. Okay. My fourth choice is John Fetterman beating Dr. Oz. I'm going to put that as my next one. Uh, that's going to be your fifth choice? I like that. You like that? I like that a lot. I was very... I don't agree with everything Fetterman stands for, but I like him. I like his attitude. I like most of his policies. And Dr. Oz is just a carpetbagger. It's a... You know, sh- come it's, on. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Right, uh, Doctor Oz is is it's a it's a big shame on him. It's just again a Schadenfreude. Yeah, it's just I'm so happy to see that ship that ship sink. Yeah, right, definitely. So so yeah, that was meant to know that choice. they're blaming it on Ivanka, not Ivanka. Melania. Melania. All right, so since that's your fifth choice, my fifth and final choice is. For election results, that finally now that the elections are over, we're not going to hear any more about. Uh, critical race theory. We're not going to hear about drag time story hour. We're not going to hear about school indoctrination. We're not going to hear about the crime wave that never existed in the first place. That's all over with now. You're not going to hear those issues discussed anymore. Uh, that's that's. I don't remember what which one it was, but there was a couple of months after. I think it was a George Bush election where the. I forget what it was, but but yes, that's what happens because then th- in three weeks you, you you write on you if you put a, a a post up in three weeks about whatever happened to did we solve that yeah you know and fill in the blank uh, people are going to get it like we don't talk about that anymore because it's not an election so yeah so no longer an issue now we're not going to address it yeah that's 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 part of the game that's part of politics the bread and circuses approach that's what it really is the who and what. Bread and circuses. Bread? You never heard that expression, bread and circuses? No. Look it up. No. (laughs) 
Yes. Right. Well, then never mind. Bread and circuses. Fine. Bread and circuses. Okay. Go the, ahead. The people listening will know what I'm talking about. Okay. And that's what's important. They probably have a Fuck lot of you. bread and circuses <laughs> in India. We now move on to our final segment of the week. Get off my lawn. Did you hear me? I said get off my lawn now. Yes, it's time for the grumpy old gaming gripe of the week. What's your gripe this week? I don't like it when it's cold. You don't like it when it's cold? No. Boy, are you living in the wrong place then. Yes, because the heat here is also unlivable, but I don't like being cold. Well, it's a change of the season now. It's autumn, and only yesterday it was like in the seventies. Yesterday, wasn't yes. it? Yes, it was. And today it was always on a high of what fifty-five. Mm, yeah, I'm yeah, out. definitely a big change. And that always affects me right in sinuses. Yes. Well, and the change in the weather and the seasons affects my sinuses as well. Um, so I sympathize. Yeah, and I just don't like being cold. I don't like the hats. I don't like the gloves. I don't like the sky. I don't like the. All the bundling up. The gear. Okay. I don't, you know, boots. You like to wear as little as possible. Boots. No, I just want it to be easy. Okay. You know, you got to lace boots up. You know what I mean? And, you know, they, fucking lots of loops. <laughs> you know, I got to keep track of a pair of gloves. What one, I have to keep track of what will probably end up being all previous experiences noted. Three different pairs of gloves during the course of this winter because i will lose the gloves immediately my mother used to crochet us gloves and we used to have um the idiot strap did you have the idiot or the idiot string no the idiot, never heard of the that. idiot okay so she would she would crochet us mittens okay and then she would crochet a long chain from one mitten to the other <laughs> so that the <laughs> when we took our, our mittens off they just hung out of the uh arms of the coat Okay, idiot mittens. That's what they were called. <laughs> they were idiot mittens. Idiot mittens. Idiot mittens. <laughs> yeah. That's a fun story for my past. Oh my yeah. god. Don't forget the idiot mittens. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that gripe. I don't know. My gripe is not as much fun. As idiot mittens? Yeah, no, definitely not as much fun as idiot mittens. My gripe has to do with election day. You're always so on theme. <laughs> it's a the legitimate gripe that I had on election day. I, I agree. It's actually a two-part gripe. Of course it is. The first part is, you know, I didn't look up all the candidates for all the offices running beforehand. Who could spend I that knew kind of time? I knew basically I was voting for anyone who was not a Republican. Okay, okay. I knew that going in. Does that mean straight line Democrat all the way across, or did you waste time by like reading people's names who you had no idea who they were? No, I read all the names just to make sure and stuff. And I was like to check all these things. That's the lawyer and me. But then it came to the judges who were running for election. Okay. And they were endorsed by both parties. Okay. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Were there other options on the ballot? No. So there was no, like, third or fourth party? No. It was just these two guys? Just these guys for these for these judgeships. All on both, both parties. And I was like, this leads into my second part, which is blaming the state, New, the New York State Democratic Party. Okay, we love to beat up Because on they have basically abandoned Long Island to the Republicans. 
Long Island is basically a red state unto itself. Whatever the Democrats hold, they're lucky to be holding on to at this point. Yeah, on Long Island? So long as it's part of New York. I don't care about hillbillies live around me. <laughs> but I don't think you have to worry about hillbillies on Long Island anymore. I also don't own property. And I think you're wrong. About what? Hillbillies. <laughs> well, there's white trash. Okay. That's, I consider it totally different from hillbillies. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 okay. To the untrained eye. Okay. But the New York State Democratic Party does not invest any real money in these elections down here for their candidates. They've pretty much abandoned it to the Republican Party. And that's obvious with these judgeships. They basically, I'm sure most of these judges are probably conservative or Republican. What makes you say so? Just intuition. Considering where we are on Long Island, you know, where the Republican Party has dominated for decades down here. Yeah, and places like... Mississippi and Kentucky and Alabama and Florida. And, and that's what Long Island is like. And, uh, so more than likely, these are Republican and or conservative judges. Okay. And looks like the state Democrats made a deal. Like, okay, we'll endorse these candidates for you. Uh, you sound awful pissed off for somebody who doesn't have the information required. Like, you don't know who these people are. You're just upset that they were nominated by both people. Yes, I'm upset that the the Democratic Party did not have its own slate of nominees for these judgeships. Maybe it was just a stipulation. It was. It was an agreement between the two parties. That doesn't mean I'm happy with it. Okay. Thank you for sharing that with us. My pleasure. I know. Oh, believe me, I know. <laughs> Which now brings us to the conclusion of this week's episode. What did we just do? Gripes? That was our gripes. Okay. Yes. I didn't like the cold. You didn't like the cold. Yes. Okay. All right. And your idiot mittens. <laughs> but anyway, we hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. You can find all of our episodes, plus our bonus and she material. Didn't bother to match the mittens to the coat, because first of all, you you weren't always sure you were like you would have a regular like coat or jacket, and the mittens would be like bright orange wool <laughs> okay. that would hang out of like a dark blue jacket, or you know. It was, uh, uh yeah. So your mother had no sense of color or fashion. No, she had. She actually, my mother was very talented crocheting. She, okay. She did some very nice uh, things doing that. What she was was poor, so she used whatever the cheapest wool was or whatever wool was left over to make the idiot mitten. Okay. So you never knew what was coming. <laughs> but very rarely did it match the jacket you were wearing in any kind of subtle way. Okay. You know, a nice dark brown jacket with pink fucking. Idiot mittens. <laughs> Never mind. Anyway, you can find all of our episodes plus our bonus material on our website, www.grumpyoldgaymenandtheirdogs.com. You can also follow our daily posts on Facebook and on Twitter. Yeah, they're getting really annoying. What, the daily posts? There's a lot of them. Well, yeah, I like to keep us visible on the social media. Yeah, okay. You know, got to post those birthdays and those daily holiday things that happen and stuff. like a full-time job. It is. It is a full-time job. You'd be surprised between spending work on this and on my regular job. And then if I'm doing a show, I got a full fucking schedule. And you're old. And I'm old. And you have our condition. And I got to put up with you. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, you don't. (laughs) You just have to say, I don't want to do this no more. But that ain't going to happen. I'm afraid it's not. What, what led us here? No, there was something... No, all right, never mind. I was going to slap you down for something, but I forgot what it was. Okay. Remember for next week, then. As if. So at this time, we'd like to say... 
Have a good night. Have a good week. Have a good life. And we'll see you next time. Bye, bitches.